0: Today, we're going to do things a little bit differently than we usually do in that our talk is going to be divided among us. And we have a two-minute timer that we're going to be using uh, to, uh, for answers just so, you know, I mean, you know, we, we want to be out of here sometime today. So um, no, we, we'll keep it. We'll keep it managed. I, I promise. And uh, we will be using some first. slides. We have three different uh, questions that we're going to be asking, and uh, we have a couple of the, then of uh, a couple of uh, of illustrations as well. One being a very young Martin Luther King that I th- that I think Kelly's going to talk about. Uh, the photo that you're going to see is right after the victory uh, at the. Uh, uh, the bus boycott, which was uh, his first victory and really brought him to national prominence, um, and uh, a very young guy. But uh, you may or may not know that his first ministry was two blocks from the Alabama state capitol. So he was uh, uh, very much uh, immediately thrown into uh, a leadership position in, uh, uh, in Montgomery, uh, Alabama. So... Shall we go to the first question, which I think yeah. Rev J is going to ask?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think one of the first questions I would love to ask y'all um, as we get ready to get started here is, um, what is urgent? And how does, uh, what does fierce mean to you? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah,
0: well... Some of you know, do we have the two-minute timer or just going to watch me?
1: There, no, we've yeah, got yeah. the two minutes. You're starting. Oh, no! Ah
0: Well, <laughs> uh, many of you do know that I grew up in, uh, in the South. I was living in Louisiana uh, when Martin Luther King began uh, working against Jim Crow. Uh, so for me, anyway, this has been a, a long-term engagement with civil rights uh, as being a poor white kid watching uh, all these years. Now, the thing that, in terms of fierce urgency, um, it shouldn't be that we're going into the third generation, (laughs) the third generation people since Martin Luther King's message to us. That's too long. And I, for one, am fed up with racism as being kind of the basis for American thought. It's time for that to stop. That's my fierce urgency.
2: Well, you have a whole minute and 14 seconds <laughs> left to go, and so you've left me plenty of extra time. <laughs> Come You're on. You've your time to me. Um, thank you for that question. And I, I think that phrase, the fierce urgency of now, feels especially resonant to us in this moment when everything seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. Mm. Um, uh, and so there's a lot of urgency and a lot of fierceness right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everything feels like it's on fire. And so where do we, how, how do we get a hold of that? Mm-hmm. Um, you all did not fix that while I was gone. Um, oh,
0: darn! Yeah.
2: You know, that's okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep working. I think what feels uh, urgent feels counterintuitive mm-hmm. a little bit to me. And, and it is urgent that we listen and soften
1: mm-hmm. and
2: practice humility um, in the face of uh, the, the dramatic changes that are happening in our world. We are in a liminal time mm-hmm. uh, between what, how we have known the world to be and how it, living in this apocalyptic time of what is coming. And so, my impulse is to, oh my God, I've gotta do something right now. And actually, what serves us, what serves me better is to soften, to quiet, to listen, to the voices of people who have a different kind of experience, who are calling me to something different, who are not saying, Kelly, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. Um, people who live with oppression, I live with privilege, and people who live with uh, significant oppression are not asking Kelly what's the answer and what we should do. My the fierce urgency for me is to listen to what other people are calling me to do. And what they're calling me to do is get a handle on um, uh, white supremacy culture, uh, on thinking that I know all the things, Mm -hmm. on feeling, I think actually urgency is a quality of white supremacy culture Mm -hmm. in the way that we practice it. And so uh, humility and listening and softening is, is actually, I think, one of the things that's urgently needed from people who look like I do. That's that's my thing. Oh, time.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think, um, and I just want us to also notice like the charge and the tone in which you know our two ministers operate. Right, David gives us this charge to put forth to have us think, and so we so we are charged to do something, and Kelly is bringing us. As, as social justice, social justice is so alive a lot of times when we think of activism, it's normally out. And to have your response be about this idea of listening and softening is so different than how we think of how activism actually takes place, but it actually works in the listening, right? And so there's these two dynamics. And sometimes we have to, in ourselves, we have to compartmentalize to say, how am I best equipped? Am I the one that is ready to go out or do I need to reserve? Um, and go in, um, you know, so I, I, I know, uh, David, you, I thought you had a question or something too.
0: I do have a Uh, question and my question is, where do we start? Well, take um, it away. Kelly. I,
2: I, as we talked about in our preparation for this moment, uh, I had a little critique for the question. Uh-huh, okay. Um, because I'm always curious when, when people say, where do we start? And we hear this question a lot. You didn't make it up, right? Nope. Um And we never start. We're always doing. We, we're always inheriting. We're always building on what we've done before. Mm-hmm. And the mistakes that we've made and the victories that we've won and the coalitions that we were a part of... Um, Nothing is ever really new. Nothing is ever really new. Ah. It, it all builds on the thing that was, was coming before it. Um, and evolution itself is only a few degrees of change mm. into the next adaptation. So we are adapting into the new thing. So I think we start each morning Perhaps each day is new, but it builds on the day before. But we start each morning with a commitment, or perhaps each afternoon or each hour, with a commitment to live into, um, well, just living, just living. How do I want to walk in this world? What space do I take up and how do I take it up? What's the air that I take up? What do my... Beloveds call me to. Mm. How do I, how do I prioritize the lives of those who, who have um, so much to offer without making them do the extra work,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think we also continue by making, being willing to make mistakes. Y'all have heard me say this before. If you're not willing to make big, fat mistakes in racial justice work, if you're worried about getting dinged, you'll never do it. You've gotta be willing, I've gotta be willing to step in it, cause I'm gonna, yep. right? And then say, oh, Jay, I stepped in that. I'm sorry, I don't want you to carry my water, but yep. I stepped in it and I'll do better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we build that trust that way. So yeah. that's what I would say. What would, what's your thought?
1: You know, I, was, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's funny to think about where we start because I guess I haven't gotten over the fact that it's literally negative six outside. Uh, <laughs> my soul. Uh, but why do I bring that up? I bring that up because negative six... You know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the way that we understand time or things that are linear, we immediately go, well, negative six is on the other side of the origin, of the origin point, which is zero. Yeah,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So if I have a deficit and <laughs> because my ancestors struggled for 14, 400 years mm-hmm. and there's a negative yeah. in the account of my own being, yep. starting whether it is negative 200, <laughs> negative 100, I can get as many degrees as I want yeah. Yeah. and I still haven't reached the origin,
0: yeah.
1: right? The starting point for me is, it, it, can, it, it, it really is the moment in which I have to not necessarily look at my negatives, but I really have to look at the way that I weather the negative.
2: Weather. 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 Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Right? Yep.
1: David was making a comment this morning. You know, he has his satirical moments and he was talking about there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just the thing of, what was it? Insufficient clothing. Insufficient clothing. <laughs> Now, I'm a firm believer in not being cute and cold. <laughs> uh, cute and cold doesn't work, my grandmother would say. Uh, and so it is important to realize, as, as, as my, within my own human capacity and my own boundaries, and not allowing for my all the conditioning that I see, how I weather myself, is based off of how equipped I decide to be.
0: Yep. Mm. Yep.
1: So, I ask us today when we look at ourselves as a congregation, look at how we are equipped. Mm. Who do I have that can cover me? Mm. Who do I have that can bring me in? Who do I have that can be in solidarity, right? Not just my knowing by myself, but my research is a collection of not only a me-search, but a we-search.
2: Come on. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's important because if we search it. That's it. Right. It's not just my experience alone. It's our experience together. I know I'm at time. You know, (laughs) Uh,
0: um, a a great theologian, uh, uh, African-American theologian, Pam Lightsey says, if you stick a knife six inches into my back and pull it out three, Mm. that's not positive.
2: Right. There
1: you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I I, I want to just say that I'm I'm looking at the chat as we're going and and uh, if it's okay I'll I'll say that Yvette um, I see you Yvette says we start by acknowledging the privilege that this primarily white yep. congregation has and we call it out. Yep. I think privilege uh, is a can be used as leverage. It doesn't have to be, I'm in the no shame game, as I've I've said before, and we don't have to be ashamed of privilege, but we do, we we are, um, we should use it for good. Mm -hmm. How do we use Mm -hmm. it? That's the big question about privilege. How do you use it, right? How do you use your intellectual rigor? You could use that for good or ill. How do you use your... Uh, exquisite talent, you could use it for good or ill. Uh, any one of us, we can use our our talents or our privileges for good or ill, or, you know, just kind of be neutral about it. Oh, I just go on yep. about it. But when we use it as leverage for good, um, and I think that is what we do. I think our social justice program does that. I think we'll do that in, in gathering people for our our water conversation today, which is inherently connected to anti-racism because we are trying to protect Minnesota waters for all the people. And as we know, climate justice, climate injustice falls most um, impactfully on people who have economic insecurity, right? And so all of the different racial, all of the different justice issues can be viewed through the lens of oppression, anti-racism and anti-oppression. So, um, is it my turn for a question? It's your turn. Okay. Oh, I love these new microphones. We've got these fancy new microphones. Mm. They're so nice. I've been doing, uh, in, my, in my absence, I, I have been doing some uh, leadership courses. And one of the leaders that I've studied is um, Howard Thurman, uh, an American theologian and uh, he was known as Dr. King's soft place to land. And there was a moment in King's leadership and ministry that I want to lift up. And we have this this photo, I think, of of King um, that happened. This photo was taken, a joyful moment. Um, sorry, sorry, folks, I, I got you out of turn. Right yeah, there. about... Three slides Yeah, yeah. Um, I love this joyful moment it's shortly after the Montgomery boycott. And King had then written a book, and he'd gone to Harlem uh, for a book signing. And he was at Bloomstein's department store in Harlem for a book signing. And a woman who had um, a profound mental illness came up to the book signing and stabbed him with a letter opener speaking of stabbing stabbed him with a letter opener mm-hmm. and um and it was very very close to his aorta and king spoke about this moment in his last speech uh, right before he died and said if he had sneezed he would have died. That's what the doctors told him if he would sneezed, he would have died, and he made that speech about, I'm so glad I didn't sneeze.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, he's recuperating at a hospital in Harlem. And, and he's recuperating well, and he's ready to get back onto the civil rights trail and do his work. And Howard Thurman comes to him and says, don't go back out yet. Don't go back out right into your work yet take some extra time, mm-hmm. and this was the only time in King's leadership and ministry that he took a sabbatical, so to say. He didn't write, he didn't speak, he went inward, and Thurman invited him to ask, who are you now, and who are you called to be?
1: Mm.
2: And and that was an important turning point in King's ministry and leadership. And so the question that I have for, for David and for Jay is how, and for you is how we both protect and renew mm-hmm. ourselves for this holy work, mm-hmm. for this deep challenging loving work what are the practices that you engage in to step back from it so you can go back out to it it's not all listening and being quiet and humble you got to get back out into it right so i'm curious what are the what are the ways that you protect and renew yourself spiritually mentally and mindfully for this work and i'll, I'll okay. ask you first
1: yeah um I'm sitting here thinking about this because uh, as you were talking about King, I think one of the unique things uh, as I as I think about the idea of renewal in short. As we know him to be Martin Luther King, that was not his birth name. His birth name was Michael. Hmm. He changed his name during seminary.
2: Is that right?
1: Yeah. So he knew something had to be renewed. And the reason why he chose this name is because he understood the Protestant leader at the time uh, back back then that most theologians would study was Martin Luther. And so Martin Luther was a changer, right? Uh, Moving Catholicism out of the way for people and creating a whole new movement. Well, this is what he does. finds a way to connect his ministry to this name while in seminary. Mm. Something had already been renewed. And so I I, I go to the name changing because when I think about my own experience, there's a great hymnal that's a great spiritual that says, change my name, Mm. talks about change my name. And there's this renewal process that when I look at what my name holds, when I look at what my name holds when I think about the character and the integrity I seek to operate in or when I think about the way in which my inherited worth is attached to who I am I am so interested in constantly being renewed and protect myself by naming myself and naming my freedom yeah. Yeah. right and so when he names himself giving himself a new name he is able to name his freedom
0: mm.
1: that is the moment of rest. That is the moment of restoration. And for me, it is the same thing. The naming for me, to be able to name my freedom, is is that probably through the arts. It it happens when I am dancing. It it happens when I am sharing in song. It it happens because I'm able to name my freedom.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you.
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, we we were, were talking about this how we were going to do today all week, and so my response, as it almost always is, is I um, started writing poems about it. So for me, anyway, you know, going into my head and writing um, is my my hidey hole, my secret place, my you know batteries that I that I hook up to. Um, as a matter of fact, I thought about being. Uh, a contrarian and only reading the poems that I, that I wrote this week of when you ask questions. But I decided <laughs> not to do that because, you know, that's carrying it too far. But, but yeah, for me anyway, I mean, when, when I see another murder, I write a poem about it. You know, I wrote a poem the other day uh, about, you know, uh, another black man dead. Mm. You know, because you know, that's not news and that's the problem right it's not news and that's a problem and that's and we have to keep ourselves alive in some way spiritually and mentally to just to walk out the door again because you know uh, you know a worldwide a worldwide known lynching occurred three miles from here right so we live in a we live in a, a very important place to talk about this Mm-hmm. You know, but we got to keep talking. It, it, it ain't just today. Now, I know I'm getting the slides out of, out of order, but I do want to flip over to the little one that I put, added in about, uh, about uh, Jay here, because I want to mention this as a way of grounding us uh, to what we're doing today. Um, last year, I was at the uh, Martin Luther King celebration on Monday uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, And uh, that was, you know, that was quite a thing. And of course, uh, I was listening to one of King's daughters talking. And she kept saying, the real King. (laughs) We got to go back to the real King. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the reason I say that with this is this. Uh, Among us here today, we have a Martin Luther King College of Ministers and Laity inductee in J. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that's about the highest honor on earth, is to be named into the fellowship of Martin Luther King. And it's because Jay is carrying the real king, not the white liberal one that didn't upset things. Come on. Right? And whenever you want to think about what do we need to do now, I invite us to go ask Jay, not Martin Luther King, who died in 1968, because it's different problems. Now, had he lived, he would have been dealing with some serious problems here. Uh, I mean, as we know, he got unpopular as soon as he started condemning the Vietnam War. You probably know that he had a less than 30% approval rating, even among African Americans when he was shot. That's right. That's important to remember. I I remember so well,
2: yeah. No, no, no. Go. I was just gonna say, also, it's really important for us to not try to separate King from his Christianity. That's true. We can often be anti-Christian and anti-theist, but we dare not separate King from Uh, his Christianity. It was the center of who he was, and so, I, that's a good caution for me. Yeah,
0: wait. he was two things that we, for, that we forget about easily. Christian, uh, black Baptist Christian, which is a very specific thing. And he was also supported by the unions in the U.S., and we forget about that. In our Trump era, you know, with, when we talk about Poor whites and, and all of that, we 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 forget that when he was alive, he was being supported by poor working class Americans. When uh, the news that King had been shot went through the factory where my dad worked, the boilermakers union, steelworkers nowadays, they walked off the job. Everyone in the factory walked out and came home. I remember my dad picking me up. Uh, and putting me on the washing machine and saying they killed Dr. King. Everyone left, and, and, the, and the, we, we forget that the finances were coming from the, the Christian churches and the labor unions. How we get back to that is one of the things that obsesses my, my, my. me, because we lost it. We lost it.
2: I want to say something that that we are uh, a couple of things that we're trying to do here um we are trying to restart our moving toward equity work so if you are interested in getting involved in our moving toward equity work would you please reach out to me and let me know i am eager to talk to you about what your interest is um, we, it kind of dropped off during the pandemic, and it's time for that to be renewed. So there's something we can do: is get together and talk about what that's going to what that's going to mean. We don't have to solve it all, but we can we can do some things. The other is in February we will have Lena Gardner here from Black Lives Unitarian Universalists Blue, and she will be here speaking on. I think it's February 17th. I'm not looking at the calendar right now. Um, But she's going to be talking about the North Side housing development, Mm. which is a specific housing development for African-American and indigenous families that is being built to build equity in the community. That is a specific, tangible, financial thing that we can help and get involved with. So watch the Friday email. Watch other channels uh, for for more information about that, so things are moving, and there are things that we can do, and we should probably. Yeah, Jay, you want
1: to take us out? Uh, uh, any last thoughts before? We... Uh, you know, I, I I mean, I think if anything, you know, we've, we've talked about so much. Um, I just I just hope that we have the opportunity to keep asking questions. Um, I don't. This is believe. It, these are the conversations that I engage with both Kelly and David individually so it's nice to kind of pull it out so y'all can see behind the curtain a bit because even when David is going to write something there is conversation between us in how we develop ideas and I think it's important to see the 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 less refined um, the, the, the the let's just think it through while we're here and I think that's what I would invite you all to do Think it through, yes, but also realize that thinking through can also be aided in best practice because our practice is what helps us get through the process. It doesn't make us perfect. I'm not interested in perfect. Come on. That's white supremacy culture. Yeah. I, I got to yeah. say what it is. Perfection <laughs> is white supremacy culture. That's why we don't like to make mistakes. We have to get in process. Yeah, that's right. And engaging in process means that we're going to get messy.
2: Come on. That's right. And
1: we are going to make mistakes. And I'm going to make mistakes. And at the end of the day, as long as we have a heart to be truthful, to heal, and to reconcile, we have already started doing the work.
2: Amen Amen. and amen.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism, and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.